to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm so excited to have as our guest today, once again, the esteemed Brian Day, Senior Hi. Merchandiser and Natural Stores Coordinator for Four Seasons Produce. And if um, if you've listened to this before, you've heard me say it already, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it again. Brian is truly one of the best in the business, and I've been fortunate to get to visit with him often over the years on all manner of produce retail topics. And today we have two really fun and really different topics today. So first of all, I got to actually tag along with Brian in a few stores over a couple days last month, see his process in person, get to kind of, um, uh, you know, try and execute on some of the merchandising wisdom that I've heard so often over the years, which was unbelievably instructive and so much fun. I can't even describe And then our other topic is Brian actually just got back from a trip of his own educational work trip, traveling to Washington to visit Stemilk Growers for, I believe it's Cherry University. Am I right, Brian? Yep. Stemilk University, Cherry College. Cherry College. That's right. That's right. So welcome back from Washington and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, the, to touch on your word, you actually executed. You didn't try to execute what we've learned. You've executed what we've learned over the years. So, and I'm sure we'll go into a little bit more as we uh, get to the podcast here. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so since since you mentioned it, Brian, we we can start there. I'll give our, our listeners a little bit of background. So I probably first reached out to you probably what, four or five years ago now, I think, for, for I'm sure, some article that I was writing for the, the Packer, and then I had taken over what was then Produce Retailer Magazine, and you were always such a wonderful resource and so generous with your time, and I remember even a few years back saying, hey, you know, if it wouldn't be terribly inconvenient, I would love to travel out to the Northeast and just, like, shadow you for a few days and kind of see up close um, you know, all the work that goes into these like finished, beautiful display photos that we see on LinkedIn and everything. Right. And so we actually got to do that this last month in May and like coolest thing ever. It was, it certainly was long time coming, right? A long time <laughs> coming. So we can talk about it all the time and we can do podcasts, we can do articles and telephone conversations, but when you actually get down to doing it, which we did, uh, it just kind of, pieces the entire puzzle together right so and what an amazing time um yeah what an amazing time it took a while but um uh, it was it was great to have you out here and in stores with uh, myself and the produce team so absolutely and one of the things brian that was so cool for me to get to see was not only how you know everything came together so well like kind of the plan that you put together for some of these different displays but how things didn't always pan out exactly as planned or expected. Like even before I got there, there had been one plan and it had been changed and it was a different plan by the time I arrived. Give give folks a little background on um, the fantastic uh, dino melon display, which was the first thing that we did on our trip. So yeah, to, to, to touch on your unplanned, it's the produce industry, right? And anyone yep. watching this podcast <laughs> completely understands that. Uh, reroutes due to some... Uh, um, mechanical failures, but uh, no, it was great. So um, we used uh, some creativity in what we built at uh, one of the stores we're at with some dino melon. And for everyone watching this podcast, Ashley Nickel is a dino dino melon selling machine. 
So, and we'll hear more about that too, for sure, right? But um, what we wanted to try to do with uh, some of the things we put together over the course of the, the itinerary, over the course of a couple of days, is kind of give you a glimpse on um, uh, different facets of what we do, right? We talked before about creating theater and uh, previous couple of weeks uh, that we, before we went out, we started uh, sell, um, uh, bringing in and merchandising and sampling and selling these and introducing in a lot of areas, these dino melons. So, um, you know, uh, but I'm a huge dinosaur geek myself, especially growing up. And uh, I, this actually just kind of fell into my wheelhouse. So with Jurassic Park coming up uh, on uh, June 10th, uh, our, our build was in May. Put two and two together and you create an event, right? So what do you do? How do you create an event? You just involve the entire department, involve the entire store. And um, first it was on again, then it was first it was on, then it was off, then it was on again. Again, going back to your... Uh, <laughs> How do you really plan for these type things? So, um, but it was great. Um, we we built and executed a, a really fun uh, display, created an event, sampled a lot of melons, sold a lot of melons, and introduced uh, the, the the Massachusetts um, uh, community, uh, East Hampton, uh, Massachusetts community, to to a really dynamite melon, right, uh, so to speak, dynamite melon, and. Um, <laughs> But it was fun in the process, right? I mean, we got uh, we bought stickers for kids. Uh, the, the produce staff wore Jurassic Park T-shirts. Uh, handed out some stuffed animals, and we just didn't sell melons, right? We created an event, and it was real. It was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, again, having you there, hand stacking those melons end to end, making sure that the right flecking of the egg, so to speak, was out was really, really super impressive. So, um, but yeah, so that was a lot of, that was a fun one to build. And anyone uh, that uh, listens to this, check out the LinkedIn, it's it's on there. Uh, there's a few on there, but the one Ashley and I built um, is the, 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 the grand prize, so to speak, with the T-Rex. And it was just a lot of fun. It was a whole lot of fun. So I'm publicly thanking you for coming out and helping us execute that and, um, just have a lot of have a lot of fun at the store and um, created some buzz uh, for the time that we were there and the few days afterwards. So, well, it it was my pleasure. And again, the it was so interesting to see right like as different things came up because I think it was the the seasonality and the crop with the melons, right? That you mentioned where it was on even on a bigger scale, and then it's like, oh, I don't know if we're gonna have the volume that we need to do this. But then it was like okay, we'll have enough volume to do a little bit of a scaled down version of what we were going to do originally. <laughs> and so, so by the time I got there, that whole iteration had happened. It but sure um, it, yeah. And again, like you said, people can see the pictures on the LinkedIn, but for those who are, who are listening now, um, it was so cool. So Brian actually got from Amazon a giant T-Rex cutout that went behind the display and then like like greenery right that you wrapped mm -hmm. each of sure. the each of the front of the displays with the window behind the t-rex was covered with the greenery so it kind of looked like you're in the forest and the hysterical part of this this particular store had on the wall is their normal decoration like this scene <laughs> of these bears running through the woods 
And yeah. when it lined up, it looked like the bears were running from the giant T-Rex cutout. <laughs> it was perfect, right? It, it it was like it was, and that's their regular that's their regular chalkboard. But it was like it was actually created for this display, right? So, <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, but um, yeah, I mean, you had to you had to create, you know, part of creating the event is you know finding the right things to create the event with, right? So you have to have a dinosaur. Um, you have to kind of make it look like a jungle. So you need some greenery, um, order in some chocolate, some tropical plants in just to kind of give it a little bit of a, of a more of a, a classic look, a nice banner. Um, and yeah, so if you're, it, I'm always of, of the mindset, if you're going to go in, go all in. And um, yeah, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty special. One of actually the, the funnest, coolest displays I think I've ever built to be quite honest with you. So um but yeah so and and one that spurred ideas for next year's crop so <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well yeah. and i remember you telling me that you know sampling was part of the original larger plan kind of yes. for this display sure but so what you ended up doing was and i i noticed this very quickly and so i started copying it was as as we ended up building the display a little bit later in the display because as you mentioned some uh, some truck issues so we started a little bit later in the day sure. um and then the other thing was talking about you know you plan the best you can and then sometimes things change um to dummy up the displays you had asked that you know these different kind of boxes be set aside so that you could pop them into the existing boxes real quick and build the display those got crushed in the compactor so you're cutting all these other boxes to dummy Correct. up the display Correct, right? But because of all these little, you know, hiccups, we were building the display as so many people were coming through the door. And you said hello to every single person sure. and, you know, asked how they were doing. And it was like it just unlocked all their questions where they could say, oh, you know, what are you doing over there? What is that? What does that taste like? And sampled to so many people and got to talking with them. And so then, of course, I'm listening. So I'm picking up the talking points. So I'm trying to talk to them, too, and, and say, oh, you know, Brian can cut you a sample if you want, as you're, of course, trying to actually put together the display and cut the boxes. <laughs> but we got so much response just from you kind of opening the door with that initial greeting. And that made such an impression on me. I think I think that's been lost in a lot of, you know, store environments. And so when you do say something, people are like, oh. I, I can I can have a conversation with these folks like oh cool yeah that is so true on on everything you just said I think it is a we were actually just talking about this a, a colleague of mine today about the lost art of customer service and we've all heard that before but I mean it it, it is so simple and free uh, to just uh, uh, just say hello to somebody and you're right it opens up the door to conversation um, uh, if you don't talk if you don't acknowledge somebody it's it they can just walk by you and shut down and not even look want to look at what you're selling but engaging in in conversation talking about uh, uh the melon or just saying hi and actually which led to talking about the melon which in nine out of ten cases ended up to in, in melons in people's carts right so but that's what it's about right it's not just about selling produce it's about um uh, relating to the customer and talking to the customer and even if they didn't buy a melon they wanted to try it and it, it's at least they tried it right so but 
this simple hello just completely opens the door to um, sales opportunities and not just sales opportunities, right? Because you're, you're genuine in how you say, you just don't walk by everyone say, hi, 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 hi. Um, I try to, to look at the person say, how you doing? Hello. Um, and it just, it, it, it's, it adds a, some genuinity, I guess, genuine, genuine um, characteristics to selling produce. So, yeah. So yeah. it's good that you picked up on that. I think that's, that's <laughs> super cool that you picked up on that. Cause we talked before about, you know, customer service and, and what it's like, and um, or I should say what it's not like. And in, in, unfortunately in some areas, but um, it is actually a differentiator now, I think um, with, uh, with where people shop. And that's one of the topics that we were talking about today is difference, difference in different intention of how you can compete uh, with your, with your competitors, so to speak. You're not always going to do it on, on price. Um, and, but what you can do it on is um, service, right? This is a service-based industry and produce in, 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 in especially is a, is a, is a customer service-based industry. So um, you know, uh, separating yourselves out from your competition by offering great service uh, is is a way to attract shoppers and retain shoppers and get loyalty with shoppers. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so cool. Yeah, right I was I, I was thinking of kind of another example, but just that that power of conversation because I I don't know I don't know when this happened, but it seems like at some point in time it became like the safer or maybe even like more polite thing to like not make eye contact, not like casually greet people as you're walking around. You know, I don't know if the pandemic maybe even, you know, maybe made it even worse for a while, but it's like people got used to not seeing and acknowledging and just saying hi to people sure. passing by, yep. you know? And so I think in a lot of cases, people aren't used to that. So it's even to your point, even more of an opportunity to differentiate, to like surprise. It's like a surprise to people. A lot of times, I think like when you acknowledge them and ask how they're doing or ask if you can help them find something like it can really, it can really make a difference. I know for me, like anytime I'm in a new setting and somebody makes a point to, to say welcome or, you know, ask a question or you just feel you know, acknowledged and included in a whole different way. And it, it kind of sets the tone for your whole experience. Like, it's just, it seems like such a basic thing, but I, I think it's hard to, to truly overstate like how powerful that really is. It sure is. And again, um, those who have read columns and I've listened to podcasts, you used a word there that I, I, I so, so believe in, in when selling, um, you know, in retail, you know, whatever it's experience, right? You don't want to create a shopping trip for somebody. You don't want someone to come in and do a mundane shopping trip. You want to you want to offer them a shopping experience, and that's all part of it, right? Building cool dinosaur melon displays and um, um, you know selling fruit or whatever is 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 a way to do it for sure. But offering that um, just that experience that's a that's a way to get to get an experience. But so is actually talking to them, you know, and just. Relating to them on a human level, um, it just, you know, again, it goes back to, I guess, it, it gains loyalty. It really gains loyalty with your shoppers. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, lets them know a little bit about you. You know, how many times have we had conversations with with uh, people we meet wherever? Um, there's, no, there's no set place where we can't do that in a grocery store. 
you know um uh, i know many of the the customers that the regular customers that come into the stores and might that i cover in the trading area that we have um that i know their names i know their names i know in some cases their birthdays um just uh, uh how many kids they have and just that little touch you know on even on a on a, a simple scale really really goes a, a, a very very long way so Absolutely. Well, and to your point too, thinking about customer service in another store that, that we worked in where you were really building the, the front display. And again, for, for context, for folks who maybe aren't as familiar with kind of the merchandiser role, but like you're in lots of different stores that you work with. Sure. And so, you know, you're, I mean, the, the folks who work in the store, you would think, you know, would be more apt to answer a question of like, hey, wh where is this elsewhere in the store or that kind mm -hmm. of thing. But when we were there, you were walking people around the store. If they had a question, you were going to find the answer for them, right? Like even there in, in kind of your, you know, specific assignment kind of capacity. And again, I, I just thought that was so powerful and so memorable for those people who are there and asking the questions. And so again, um, I, I tried to do the same thing. I had a lady who was asking, she was wanting a certain seed packet. I'm like, oh my, I, I don't know exactly what's in here or what in particular you're looking for, but I'm going to try and help you. I'm going to look through all the different ones and spin the thing around and see if I can find the right one for you. And you, you really do like, you see, you see that it's made an impression on that person. And it's, sure. that's the kind of stuff that you can't, you can't get with like the traditional marketing thing, right? You can't, you can't get that personal connection. You need a person for that. <laughs> you do. It's the, that's the root word, personal person, right? So, um, but yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And I, I, I do that for just to actually sometimes learn where some things are. So when someone does ask me where the hatch chili, uh, the jarred hatch chilies are, I know where they're at next time or whatever, but you know, actually I used to have a rule uh, when I was a produce manager and um, a practice, I guess it's not a rule because it's the best practice is if someone asked for something that we knew that wasn't in the back room, that even if we knew it, we always went into the back room to check to see if it's there and then came back out on the floor. So, um, and I still use that. I still do that to this day uh, that uh, do you have any more acute numbers or any, any lettuce or, did your burdock root or whatever come in? Not sure why I use burdock root there, but uh, shout out to burdock. Um, and even if you know it's not there, you walk in the back just to show the customer that you actually took the extra step, even though you know in your mind that's not back there, but that you care. I mean, it just it really, really, it really does go a long way. So in that case, I mean, if they're looking for say something like an herb or um, uh, sit, stick with the root, um, you know, it offers opportunities to, um, if they're, you know what they're cooking, if you know what they're going to make, you know, instead of a, a turnip, use a, we have rutabagas here or whatever. It actually opens up opportunity for a conversation for additional sales and for repeat sales for someone just asking you if you had any uh, burdock root. So it's, 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 it's pretty cool. So. Mm -hmm. Well, and speaking of kind of the the conversation and like recipe and meal inspiration piece, that was another thing that um, was just sort of a memorable moment for when we, were, when we were building the melon display. There was a lady who came in and, you know, she was wanting to try the melon and talking about, oh, you know, we've got the graduation coming up. And, you know, so I'm also looking for some strawberries and this and that. And 
I told her, I said, oh, well, you know, when, when you cut into this, it's, it's a white flush. So, you know, if you're doing something for Memorial Day, you could do this, your strawberries, and then you could yeah. add some blueberries in there. So you have the red, white, and blue. Red, white, and blue. Oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> for sure. Creativity, creativity and ideas, right? And it just, it really does work. It really, really does work. So awesome. Yeah. It, it was so, it just was so neat to see like all the things that we've talked about over the years that you've said, this is really important. This is really important. This is really important. You know, all kind of come into focus. And what was so cool too is I remember there was, there was a lady who was, you know, walking back out. We had seen her walk in. And so, you know, 20 or 30 minutes later, she walks back out of the store and she kind of looks over and she goes, you guys must be doing a pretty good job because I'm seeing these melons in like every other card at the checkout. I'm like, oh, well, great. That Thanks for telling awesome. us that. <laughs> that is awesome. See, that's the ultimate compliment. When your customers see that what you're doing is paying off and they actually say, listen, good job. Good job for what you're doing. So. But um, yeah, yeah, that's super cool. That's super, super cool. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, right? Is like you have the you have the the anecdotal results of that. But I remember you telling me, um, talking with Henry, the produce manager there. I think he was pretty happy with his sales from that display that you put yes, together out there too. Yes, he was. Absolutely was. And that was one of the things that um, uh, we talked about an idea for next season for the for, for when the Dino Melons come in next season creating something much, much, much larger based off the successes that we've had for from this year. So, and that's the cool thing when you look ahead to, to produce and promotions um, is actually the, the constant planning, but actually planning off successes. And you learn from like everything wasn't a huge hit or whatever, you're gonna make tweaks and um, adjustments here and there, but as a whole, it was tremendously uh, successful. Um, we, as a, a whole, we the there was 50 cases. No, I'm sorry, 60 cases of Dino melons that we put in, uh, and they were gone in three days. So he had to re re redo that display that we did, um, and uh, just simply because of, of the success that it had. So and then you're then the store director is asking, the GM's asking, when can we do these again, or what are we going to do next year, and. Um, Without giving it away, it's going to be a Jurassic Park, and that's all. Uh, that's all I'll say to say about that. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited already. <laughs> yeah. We're like a year out. I'm so uh-huh. like, Ooh. <laughs> right. Maybe you should fly back out and uh, uh, show your mad skills hand stacking again. Oh right? my gosh, uh, awesome! But yeah, can so. I- Oh my gosh. Well, can I just say, not having worked in produce retail before. Th- you know, I know we have specs for the melons, but I was like, oh, there's some variation in the shape and size within that mm-hmm. spec. So I'm trying to get, you know, six on that first layer in each box. And like, this looks like it should be easy, but I'm not, ha- I'm not finding it easy every time here. Where are the smaller melons where I can fill in the gaps here? And like, I, it took a while before I was like, okay, I need to eyeball and kind of have a specific idea of within, you know, the spec that's here, that's the same spec, but there's still variation, just those things that, and that's what I was so excited to get to experience, Brian, is just the things that you you can't know about the business from being far away, right? Like yeah, you have to be hands-on sure. to understand the kind of nuance and the kind of skill that is really required to 
not only do that, but do it quickly because I'll transition over to another story went to where you were working on the wet rack because that's where I was like, oh my gosh, not only is this hard, but you're like flying through this at warp speed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how, how is this even possible? Yeah. So, uh, that's a, that, that's a different, it depends on the section that you're in and time of day, but the wet rack in the morning, um, is a pretty intense section to get up, to get up and running because you're literally touching every piece. You're trimming every piece. Um, and, uh, you want that, that pristine picture, perfect look when your customer walks in and, you know, uh, ideally, ideally, um, I, I used to have a, a a wet rack guy that worked overnight and had everything set up. Um, I love doing it that way too. Uh, but uh, when you're on a time crunch and you have to get everything done in like a three hour window with doing that, it just, it requires, it, it requires some speed and that's not picked up um, uh, immediately. That's, that's years of flying around and, and um, safely flying around safely. I might throw that out there too, but uh, yeah. So Different gears for different displays, I guess, is a good way to put it. But um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And that's what again, that's what I tried to 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 put together an itinerary for that to just kind of you know bring you out and just um, just see the different facets that we've been talking about for years. And I mean, I'll go back to the sizing of the melons and uh, how quickly. Okay. So to me, it seems like there was some undercover merchandising tactics going on, on in your life since uh, you started taking off produce retail because you picked this up way too easily. <laughs> seeing the not difference in sizes in my mouth, house. <laughs> it was awesome. But just seeing it like right away, right off jump, it's like, okay, well, that, that melon's larger than that one by a little bit. What if we tweak this and put it here? And it's just those types of questions. And going back to, again, the, the, the presentation and the flecking on the melon. You had that eye. You have the merchandising retail eye. And, um, you know, there was a couple of other displays that were done in there. Um, uh, Ashley did a dynamite grilling display, a Vidalia grilling display with onions, making sure all the roots were stacked uh, up top, all the same way, perfect pyramid. So um, I don't know. I think uh, there's a merchandiser uh, deep down inside you there. So... Well, it, like I've said before, I've been very fortunate to talk with you about a lot of this stuff over the years with other folks in the industry. Many times over the years, I, I think of, you know, different folks I've walked stores with and they're, they're turning things so that the stickers are hidden. So on the melon display, I'm turning yeah. things so the stickers are hidden. You know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yes. When we go to take the picture. I'm like, okay, well, we better sweep the floor. Now we move the trash can to the side. So it's not in the picture. There you go. That's right. Uh, there is a, there is definitely a process. There is definitely a process. So. Oh my gosh. That's but, great. Oh my goodness. But yeah, with the wet rack, just things like the variety of, of skews that you have there and each one, uh, again, in my, in my still very limited exposure to this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the texture, like some are more delicate than others where I'm trying not to break the leaves. I think it was that chart. I was like, Hard. oh my gosh, like if I bend this too much, it's going to crack and break. And that's not good either. Right. <laughs> like the chard was hard. The carrot, the rainbow carrots were so beautiful, but I'm like, 
the the tops on these are as long as the carrots. Where do these yeah. go when I'm putting yeah. them on the rack, right? And so it took me a while to figure out like, well, you kind of gently bend them and hide them beside the things that are next to the carrots, right? All about presentation and freshness. But again, you picked it up. You didn't break one chard leaf. And I can't, I think I broke like four in that little time that we talked about and you didn't break one chard leaf. So, uh, but no, it's all about presentation and freshness. And um, yeah, so uh, I'm really super glad that you got to experience that and just kind of, um, you've covered a lot of stores, you've covered a lot of uh, merchandisers. Um, uh, you're the catalyst in the Produce Artist Award series. Um, so you brought the, this platform for all of us to to participate in and for you to take part in it and actually you know uh be able to take part in it with you that was that was really really cool and um you know so i'd like again to publicly thank you for taking the time uh to come out and do that so um it's a different perspective um in any facet of our business as as, uh, as i i saw this past week in washington but it's a different perspective for and not appreciation because you appreciate what we do as as professionals, what we do is as humans bringing um, uh, fresh produce, uh, eating healthy uh, to the consumer public, but it's it's and consumers and public, but it's it's uh, you look at it at a, a different way. The next time you approach a wet rack and you see those carrots dangling, you see those char broken charred leaves and you look at it and say, you know what, I know why they do that now. I know why that has to be um, trim that way. I know why uh, the texture of the, the uh, lacinato kale is against, say, a collard green, even though it's the same color. So it adds it adds texture, it adds depth. So it's cool. It's really, really cool for uh, for someone to see and, and pick it up so quickly like you did. So, Well, I appreciate it. And it, it was, it was just so cool to see, even because I I feel like I was aware of some of, you know, a, a good amount probably of the little details before, but even on that wet rack things like, oh, you know, do you, do you tuck in the leaves on the top here for like the cilantro and stuff, or do you let them hang over? Oh, I, I usually tuck them in and I'm like, okay, so I'm tucking them in. Yeah. Like, oh, that does look a lot better. I see why you do that. Wow. Like a little thing that makes a huge difference. Or sure. when we're getting ready to take the picture of it, I'm like, oh, should I tuck in like the bottom little springs off of those carrots? And you said, well, usually I would go with a knife and just trim those off and trim them off on the radishes. So it's like perfect, perfect. I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh. So even like this whole nother level of details. Sure. Probably nobody notices except you, you know, <laughs> but well, like, you, it's amazing. Yeah. You'd be surprised with people that like, especially in the industry, like if uh, uh, other merchandisers that I work with or, or, uh, produce managers, they see that. Um, let's face it, we all have OCD to some degree. I mean, you even suggesting that we tuck leaves in or what do we do? Actually, that was your saying. It's like, okay, you have, again, you have a lot of, a lot of merchandiser and you just kind of pretty things up. But, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, all of this is in our blood and the, the visual a visual, Joe and Armand and Mike, Mike O'Brien will tell you, I mean, the visual is what attracts the customer first, right? And people buy with their eyes, but the visual uh, attracts, if a display looks crisp, clean, uh, neat, tidy, uh, it's going to get shopped. It's going to get, it's going to grab some attention and uh, that's where it all starts, right? 
that's where it all starts. So um, we've all heard, and it's so very true that I appeal is by appeal, right? And retail is detail and, and all these cool little names are, they, they, they sound cool, but they, um, they're so true, right? They're so true to the success of, of a department, to the success of a, of a, a grocery store. And, and quite honestly, to the, to the success of personal development of what we all learn each and every day. Right. So, so yeah. So, yeah. Well, and one more thing that I'll mention from, from that visit and getting to see you in these different stores. Um, Cause you just mentioned the, the development aspect. And I noticed, you know, at, at one of the stores where we you were working on the wet rack and there was another gentleman working on, you know, restocking the rest of the department and, I heard you kind of say hi to him and say, oh, you know what, how long have you been working here now? And what, what's what's your favorite section of the department to do and asking him questions. And we were at another store and there was a gentleman who I think had worked there previously. And then he actually moved on to another part of the produce industry. He came back into the store because he knew you were going to be visiting so that he yeah. could say hi and he had his kids. And it was, yeah. you could just really tell, you know, the difference that that intentional like relationship building makes. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out Alan Raymond. Uh, so it was great to, to, to see you there again. But you know, it doesn't matter if, if you're, uh, it, this industry is a family, right? This industry truly is a family. Um, if you work for a competitor, if you work alongside each other, I mean, you're all in it for the same reason. And that's to, to, to feed the public um, healthy food and to be successful for, the, for your employer, uh, for the people that you're working for, uh, for the stores that you're in, and for the people that are in those stores that are um, looking at you for guidance or leadership or mentor. I mean, we're all responsible and we're all in for the same for the same thing. And that's to, to better um, uh, uh, to better ourselves, first of all, to, and to better the um, um, uh, sales, profits, uh, and ultimately the consumer. Um, you know, by being able to offer what we do. I mean, um, we're not selling potato chips. We're not selling popcorn. Um, and although I do eat potato chips and popcorn, um, they, these are a little bit healthier, right? So uh, that's one of the things that I really um, take home every day is that we're offering a, a good service in the sense of just offering fresh fruits and vegetables and the caretaking of, right? Because out of the box, they don't look uh, in some cases, what they look like on the shelf. And there's a lot of steps and there's a lot of care in the steps that takes from the box to your counter. So, so yeah, that's cool. Well, speaking all those of all those steps, not only from the box to the counter, but before it ever gets to the grocery store, we'll talk about your trip uh, to Washington. So tell me a little bit about kind of how this got set up. I see from LinkedIn, you guys had a pretty decent group out there, I think. Yeah, we did. Um, so uh, this was set up uh, about a year ago, and um, it was designed um, for an educational piece, right? I mean, these growing trips are, I can't even figure the word to say, they're just immensely educational uh, days um, that, you know, what we see, what we put on the counter, going back to the boxes, we, we're taking out of the box what we're putting on the counter, how does that get there, right? How does that get there from um, tree to box to shipping to warehouse to your store to the counter? The, the amount of steps that 
goes into, in this particular one, we did Cherry College, right? Um, just a fascinating, fascinating um, um, commodity uh, to look at. The process is, is uh, that cherries hang from your tree and then they're um, hanging out on your counter for, for, for your customers to, uh, to uh, buy and enjoy at home. So it's kind of hard to wrap your head around um, the amount of product, A, that's on the tree um, and the intense labor uh, the really, really intense labor it takes uh, to pick those cherries um, to, um, you know, from everything from climbing the ladder uh, to knowing which ones to pick to how you, to how they're picked to, I mean, it's the, the picking process uh, and, you know, uh, shout out to all the farmers and uh, the, the pickers that, that pick our food that we're able to do what we do and, and ultimately eat. Um, it is a hard process. It is a lot of work. And, and to see that firsthand, you see videos of it and you hear about it, whatever, but you're witnessing that firsthand. And you're with a group of customers and a group of, um, in this case, we had some people out from Four Seasons and uh, three different customers that, were, that we service. And, um, you know, the mantra was all the same. I can't believe how hard this is. I can't believe how much product there is. I can't believe that the, the steps that are, we're talking about fruit, right? We're selling fruit and the, the, the steps that it takes from getting fruit into your, into your store. It is just, it's hard to wrap your head around. So, um, it was an, it was, it was an intense few days of learning. Uh, but, um, you know, the, the good folks at Stamil, um, thank you Stamil, uh, Tim Harrington, Brianna Shales, Anna Lundberg, uh, the Mathesons were fantastic. So shout out to you. Um, one of the most enjoyable trips uh, I've ever been on and um, to do it with people that were so engaged and, and um, just, just excited to be there to see it. Um, prior to uh, the podcast here, I read a really nice note uh, from one of the um, uh, participants and um, it just, the headline just said, people do make the difference. And uh, just what a, just a, great, great group of people hosted by an amazing company and um, just uh, memories that will last a lifetime and are beneficial for the store, right? I mean, these these tours are set up for educational purposes of the people that are out there, right? But then um, one of the jobs that we do, me as merchandiser and um, produce managers that were there, produce clerks that were there, we then go back and we're able to say, okay, cherry season is here here are the steps, here are the processes. Here's the reasons why there's different sizes or uh, different colors that are, that are indicative of certain varieties. Um, and uh, it's, we are able to then go back and just kind of teach what we learned, which is a super cool part of these, right? Um, you know, we get sometimes teased, oh, you're going out on another trip, you're going out on, and then some people think it's a vacation, but it's not a vacation. To me, it looks like a vacation because I'm sitting in an orchard picking cherries. I mean, how, how, how much better of a vacation can you get? But um, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was, it was immensely um, educational and, and very much appreciated uh, to be able to be on that trip. So it was just awesome. What are some of your favorite takeaways like pieces of the story to come back and tell people about because I know 
Um, I actually got to visit Stemil like right at the beginning of my produce career with the Packer. I did this this Washington, Oregon trip. It was like 16 visits to different folks in wow. the span of five days. But yeah. one of those was Stemil. And I still remember some of like the little details that they shared, like in the apple orchard. Um, one of the folks who who was doing the the tour with us said, you know, so when a bird starts munching on an apple. He said, we don't take it off the tree and throw it on the ground because then the bird will come back and start on a new apple. But mm -hmm. if we leave that one on the tree, they'll come back and continue eating the same apple. Yeah. And just, you know, all these these little details and how they'll put, you know, the tarp down the row between the trees so that the the apples on the bottom of the tree will get enough color to be color the retail up. spec and, and yep. things like that. Right. Like what yeah. were some favorite little detail things like that? So, um so in the in the sense of in the sense of cherries um we'll touch on cherries here a little bit one of the coolest things that that and it's so simple right when it rains right cherries are not um you don't want rain sitting in, or water sitting in the bowl of the cherry on the stem right it's gonna that's not going to uh lead to a quality product so um uh, what they do is they take helicopters and when it rains um, they, they deploy helicopters over their orchards and they fly about 10 feet above their orchard and the, the wind from the, uh, uh, the helicopter blows down and it simply blows the water out of the cherry bowl. Now it doesn't knock the cherries off, which is crazy, but the wind of it by it's such a simple, uh, concept to fly a helicopter over, but, and, and it, 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 it's the way that they control, uh, they, that they combat rain on their fruit. So I think that is super, that is super fascinating. Um, uh, the R and D piece, uh, research and development piece is fascinating. Um, and the, if you go on one of their packing lines and I'm not sure if you saw this when you were out there, but, um, they have what's called a cherry splitter, right? And if you think about, you know, what, if you're opening a bag of cherries or, um or whatnot clamshell and you're going through and you're looking okay there's there's every every stem every cherry has just one stem on it well there is there's a there's a machine there's a process there where if clusters are are picked in in three or four or two or whatever uh the, there's a machine after it goes through some water that actually um de-stems or goes or cuts it down to one stem for a cherry and that's it's kind of hard to uh, to to wrap your head around too, and the amount of uh, the the photos, right? The photos are great and quality. Um, you're taking 30 pictures per second of cherry to test for quality, uh, pressure. Um, it's just really really crazy the the amount of uh, technology and um, that that goes into this. I mean, I could we can sit here and talk for an hour about. <laughs> Like everything, the, the the crazy processes that it was. Those are probably three of the uh, three of the things that actually stand out to me. So, well, and I'm glad you mentioned rain because um, when you said that, it reminded me when I was there. We were joking about how you know every time you wash your car, it tends to rain the next day, right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you don't wash your car in cherry season <laughs> in Washington. <laughs> oh, that's great. That is great for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well, but it was a great trip. It was yeah. just a great trip. And um, yeah, so 
I'd recommend it to anyone if they ever have the chance to 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 go to something like that. So just mm -hmm. awesome, just mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Well, and I'll I'll say just this last one thing because I know I've kept you longer than I was planning on keeping. No, you that's okay. Today, so I appreciate your patience. This is great for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah, but to to me, it's like every time you go on one of these trips, you just have a different. I don't know. For me, it's like I just have even even a higher level of personal investment in the industry. You know. Mm -hmm. Sure. It's you just have that much greater of an understanding of everything that goes into that supply chain and all the different jobs and all the different people, you know, whose work goes into all these different items. I mean, we got hundreds of thousands of different, you know, items and, and SKUs in the department and to see um, the expertise, too, that goes into all those different roles, because I think, you know, that so few people in the United States now are like close to agriculture, right? Where they're a farmer, or they know somebody who's a farmer, like a lot of us did not grow up in that environment. So to be able to get close to that and really kind of understand all the expertise and all the detail that goes into that process, it, I don't know, it just, it, it puts the produce industry a little deeper in my soul every time I go on one of those. I don't know how else to say it. Sure. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, well said uh, and so very true. I mean, again, if uh, the pricing is what it is, pricing being what it is, uh, especially now, I mean, even if you look at the steps of everything that it took from all, all the work involved, I mean, is... Five ninety nine a pound for a bag for a bag of cherries is that really a high price, right? I mean, I, I personally don't think it's not, um, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think people if they understand if they were on trips now, not everyone can go on trips like this, but they'd have a, a, a better appreciation for um, uh, paying a higher premium for product than they than they might now. So. Um, you know, from understanding the processes that it is from the labor, the intense labor that these harvesters go through to the technology it takes to uh, deliver them a great product. Um, you know, uh, it just, you know, five ninety nine a pound, you know, is, is, is fine with me. So, but uh, yeah, they'd understand the pricing system, I think, a little bit better or appreciate the uh, pricing system, I think, a little bit yeah. better. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Right on. I, I think I've shared before my, my grandparents once, and this was a while ago, this was before even all the crazy inflation, but they were saying, well, you know, apples have just gotten really expensive. And, you know, it's like, well, let me tell you about H2A labor and, mm -hmm. you know, the packing and the shipping and, you know, pallet, pallet prices are up and logistics are crazy right now. And, mm -hmm. and I think they were, they were a little taken aback, but then, then, you know, you kind of see this look of like, Oh, well, that does make sense that, you know, maybe it's 50 cents more or a dollar more or, you know, wh whatever they had observed. Yeah. And it is. I think that's storytelling. Well, shocking. The the former journalists uh, like storytelling. Right. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's there's power on the business to business, you know, side of that and, and power on the consumer facing side of that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's uh, bananas is a big one for me, too, on from the. You know, uh, from the, the steps and the processes and, you know, 69 cents a pound for fruit that was in uh, um, a plantation in uh, Central America, you know, two weeks before. Yeah. It's really not a, 
not a bad price to pay for bananas. So, yeah. but yeah. So awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Sweet. Well, Brian, thank you so much again for, for taking the time to, to recount my visit up to the Northeast and, and your trip recently to uh, the Pacific Northwest and uh, sure. lots of lots of awesome learning continuing to happen. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me again. I love doing these and um, yeah. So thank you so, so very, very much. Appreciate it. Well, it's, it's truly my pleasure. And we want to, of course, thank all our listeners as well. Um, appreciate having everybody here on the Produce Retail Podcast. Um, folks can check out some of our previous episodes. We've had a lot of uh, wonderful guests here recently, including Mark Kruczynski from Garrity's Supermarkets, uh, Mike Roberts from Harps, and many other awesome folks uh, we've been able to, to talk with and, and learn from. And so, yeah, so feel free to go back and listen, and we will see you next week on the Produce Digital Podcast.